good evening, church. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we do want to always remind you that uh, life is better in groups. Uh, we really do believe that, that we're better together. And so if you're not in a small group already, uh, we do encourage you to uh, just get connected. Uh, you can get connected at guest services. There will be a volunteer afterwards to uh, help you with any kind of group questions that you might have. And uh, they meet every week. Uh, we have small groups that meet weekly. So if you have any questions about that, be sure to, uh, sure to see guest services. Or if you're online, uh, just comment groups, and uh, we will get in touch with you on how to join a small group. Uh, got a couple of things uh, that we uh, need to know with our dates to know. Uh, Journey Students, we relaunched uh, last weekend, had a successful launch. I had some new kids join us for the first time. Some are sick. Uh, I know there's sickness going around. Uh, but we're look, looking to have a full night tomorrow uh, with our first lesson of the year. I do want to bring this up, though. We have two meeting times. Uh, we have Connect, which meets every Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m., uh, and it's basically a church service for 6th to 12th graders. Uh, so they'll hear a message. Uh, we'll have some food and some snack things and do some games and stuff. Uh, but Thursdays, every other Thursday, is level up 6 to 8 p.m. And our first one is scheduled for the 28th, uh, which is this coming week. So if you have any questions about that, you can be sure to find me uh, with any questions about 6th to 12th grade ministries, uh, Journey students here at Journey. And uh, yeah, we're in a series of Ephesians. Uh, we're talking about forward thinking, getting past our past. And uh, we're talking about mystery. Say mystery. Sometimes church, God, Jesus, all of that can be a mystery to some people that they're trying to uncover. And uh, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to uncover a mystery. But we're going to clear that up today, uh, talking about God and his church and trying to clear up this mystery of God. Before we get started, uh, would you pray with me, please? Father, right now I pray uh, that you would help us clear some things up about uh, the mystery of you, the mystery of uh, your word, the Bible, and uh, really all of our answers in life, uh, we, they can be found in that, in that collection of books uh, that you helped write with those before us, with people that you chose to use as instruments to plant your church and to tell other people of the good news of Jesus. And uh, it really is a mystery that is worth solving. And I pray tonight if there's anyone that has any questions about this mystery of you, uh, that they could be answered here tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, here we go. We're going to look at uh, the book of Ephesians again in a series called Forward Thinking. And uh, Jesus really changes everything. And it's so hard for me to put my mind around that, how to explain that or how to describe that sometimes. It's bigger. God is way bigger than we're able to understand. It is, it is a bit of a mystery how God can be so involved in our tiny little everyday life, and yet he is he's managing and taking care of our entire universe, the planets, in the sky, 
stars in the sky. I mean, all of this big God. And then he's able to take care of us as just little people, um, regular kind of people. Welcome to our journey weekend. And uh, if you're one of those kind of people that are like CSI people of television shows who like to find unsolved mysteries and figure them out, the Bible tells us, Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul writing uh, this letter called Ephesians in the Bible that, believe it or not, God is somewhat of a mystery, especially to people who don't go to church, outsiders, but even for those who are religious insiders and go to church, God is still a bit of a mystery. And that's what we're going to try to do is... Uh, describe some of the things that are found in the book of Ephesians that help clear up the mystery of God, and I don't think I'm adequate to do that. I don't think anybody is, but I'm going to try to describe it in the Bible, and I hope that helps, but I'm just telling you, man, I, I, I don't know about you, but there are just some mysteries about life, and the mystery of God is the biggest of all. It's a mystery to me how today's the first day of fall. And the hummingbirds are gone from my house today. How do they figure that out? I like I saw a couple of them yesterday about noon, and today I hadn't seen a bird one. They are flying south. I mean, like clockwork. Like, how does that happen? And they'll come back. Them little fellas will come back to my feeders again in the spring. Is it's just kind of. It's beyond me. So it really does. Some there are some things that just are beyond me. And if if you're a guy and you're trying to get a girl, <laughs> maybe it's a mystery. Like how do guys and girls get along? Like men are from Mars and women from Venus, and like it's too big. It makes my head hurt. And like I don't know how it all works out. But you know, unsolved mysteries. Uh, we have a lot of them. I can't even find out where my other sock went. I miss all the lost socks that go in the dryer. And like, where did they go? It's a mystery to me. Anybody lose any socks, raise your hand. I lose socks all the time. I do laundry. I did laundry today. And I'm telling you, I'm still looking for a black sock. If anybody finds a black sock, I need another one because I can't find one. It's crazy. Mysteries. Like, what is going on? And so the Bible in Ephesians chapter 3 the truth is all this God stuff, and there's a whole bunch of God stuff, a lot of God stuff, 800,000 words in the Bible about God. I mean, that's a lot of words about God. If that's all you have was just the Bible only, 800,000 words about God, 66, you know, books or library of books about God. I mean, it's... It's a mystery, like how, how it all fits together, and it's kind of, it is, it's just kind of a crazy thing, this God stuff, and some people decide for themselves, or they just kind of take it for granted, or they feel like it's too hard, or it's not relevant any longer, and they just maybe don't get it, they don't understand the mystery of God, and that's what Paul talks about in chapter 3, that for centuries past, before Jesus, God was a bit of a mystery that his plan for the world wasn't very clear even to the Jewish people, even to the Israelite people, even to the religious insiders. It was a bit of a mystery for 
generations through all the prophets. Throughout a lot of the part of the Bible, it was just a mystery, the mystery of God. Still a mystery to a lot of people, but when you get to chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians, and you're forward, you're thinking forward and getting past your past, whether you're somebody that's an insider or an outsider, it really does uh, help when you read through this with an open open mind, open eyes, wider, bigger eyes, see God as bigger Chapter 2, that was what he talked about in chapter 2. Chapter 1, he talked about how when you figure out who you really are, that you're included in the family of God, you're blended into the family of God, and all of your sin debt's been covered and paid and taken care of because of Jesus on the cross. I mean, it's better than getting your college education paid. I mean, you got your sin debt taken care of. When you get all that stuff straight, then Paul gets to chapter 3 and he says, so what's next? What what should we be doing in chapter Three, after the first two chapters where we find out we've got all this benefit and blessings because we're in the family of God because of Jesus, if He's your Savior. By the time we get to chapter 3, the book of Ephesians, Paul starts talking about some practical, relevant suggestions about clearing up the mystery of God and so write this down. Church stuff is like some sort of unsolved mystery novel to many people, even those who go to church. What do I do? Where do I begin after I get my Jesus story started? What's the Jesus mission for me, and how would I find that out? So let's read that. Let's read it, because it starts clearing up the mystery begins by reading the Bible yourself, reading the Bible so write this down. The mystery can be understood and can be clarified about God a lot better. You're never going to get it all, but you can get a lot more of the mystery of God cleared up if you read the Bible. So let's read some of it. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, this is what it sounds like. For this reason, I want you to read the Bible, Paul says, so that you get the mystery cleared up in your own mind. After you find out the blessings that you have in the family of God, chapter 1 and chapter 2, where's, what's my focus next? My focus next is that we get this kind of mystery of God in my personal life cleared up. So that's what he begins with, verse 1. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Have you ever been in jail? Have you ever been arrested? Anybody ever had a warrant for your arrest? Paul was arrested. Literally, I, I just read that, verse 1. Read it, read it, for this reason. What reason? I mean, maybe you robbed a 7-Eleven, that's why you got arrested. I don't know, maybe you got a criminal history somewhere. But why, for this reason, Paul says, I am a prisoner. Why, why was he a prisoner? For what reason? Because he began sharing with outsiders that Jesus really was for everybody. Probably the most well-known verse in the 800,000 words in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. And Paul believed that. The Apostle Paul believed that he ought to tell everybody that. And because he was telling everybody that, he got in trouble. Got into a lot of trouble with the government. And with those who were the Jewish 
religious insiders that really felt like he was he was in a cult of some kind. Like this Jesus way, it really wasn't kosher. And it got him into a lot of trouble with religious people and with the officials who were in charge of the government. And so Paul tells us, for that reason, I got, my, I got arrested. And he's writing this letter to us in Ephesians during a period called the prison epistles or prison letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, and he has a two-year period where he's got house arrest and he can't go anywhere. He's got a Roman guard who's guarding the door, and so he's sitting at home for two years. He can't go to work, and he can't travel, and he can't go anywhere, but he's writing and telling other people about why he is arrested and how he sees it's a privilege to be arrested in the name of Jesus for their sake. So that you might know too that God really is for everybody. Say amen. amen. If you got to go to jail, go to jail for a good reason. Amen. If you're going to get arrested, if they're going to look for you and you know take you in and put you you know behind bars, then make sure it's for a good reason. It was for a good reason. Paul says, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you guys who used to not go to anybody's church and didn't know that God was for everybody because of that love that I have for lost people and God loves you and I love you, that's why I got arrested. Surely you've heard about the, the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. You're supposed to be going out of here and you're supposed to be sharing some of this grace with somebody else who doesn't know. And so far, you're not going to get arrested for it. It might be coming one of these days that you get arrested for doing that too. But I'm just saying, Paul got arrested because he was sharing really good news of God's grace. It was for people who didn't know it, people who were not kosher Jewish from the, from the tribe of Abraham, from the family of Abraham, but God blended them in, grafted them in, and included them in the Jesus party. That is the mystery, verse 3. That's the mystery of God made known, made known to me by revelation. Nineteen seventy two, April. April fourth. I got baptized. And it was a mystery to me that God would want to have somebody like me in his family. Seriously. It was it was a bit of a mystery. But the preacher at the time looked at me and said You've been coming here for quite a long time, haven't you? I said, yeah, dating this girl here. He said, well, you, you probably ought to make your own decision about God, shouldn't you? I said, yeah, probably should. He said, how about Sunday? I said, well, feet were nailed to the floor. I guess so. He said, all right, I'll see you Sunday. And so here I go. And I was like, dude, I don't know what I got myself into, but here I go. It was a mystery to me that God really did have a mission and a purpose for me that I could be talking to people for the last 40 plus years, 45 almost years, 
about this grace that God gave me so I could give it to somebody else. So if it was a mystery that God ever picked you, Mr. Red Shirt or Mr. Blue Shirt or Mr. Green Shirt or Miss Pink Shirt or Striped Shirt, or I'll find all of you here in a minute. I'm telling you, if it was a mystery to you, guess what? It's a mystery to everybody. And, and if we've gotten this mystery cleared up, then we probably ought to tell somebody else. And that's what Paul says. That's why I'm, I count it an honor that now this mystery has been made known, this revelation of God through Jesus, as I have written already, written briefly, chapter 1, chapter 2, and reading this, then you will be able to understand <coughs> my insight into the mystery of Christ. So, how do you get the mystery cleared up? Want to guess? Unsolved mystery? Read the book. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Heck yeah, it starts there. Are you reading it or not? Or are you just waiting to come back here and see what the preacher's going to say? Come on now, read the book. You got to read the book. You got to start reading the book. That's the, if you're not really clear about God and about how God works then Paul says, th first thing you can do is you can begin reading it for yourself. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Don't wait till it comes out on DVD. Don't wait for net Netflix. I'm glad, I, glad they've got it, but read the book. So chapter 1 and chapter 2, we've been included in God's family in his playbook. We're been, we've been given a forever family. It's called the body of Christ, the church. He's paid our ransom. He's paid our debt. We were hijacked by Satan. We were in over our head with sin. But chapter 1, chapter 2, it is that God has, he's invited us to the Jesus party. And because we accepted Jesus as our Savior, we were baptized and immersed by faith, by grace at baptism. We have a place at the table. And so now it's time for us after chapter 1 and chapter 2 and after you've discovered that God really is for people like you and you've been given grace and you ought to give grace to other people and let them know too, it's like it's time for us to read a few of the details in the owner's manual. And we figure out some of this, some of this stuff about God's grace, helping other people answer questions they might have because God's still a really big mystery to them too. So we got to do our homework. If you're taking notes, you got to do some homework and you got to read the book. That's a good place to write that down. I want to be in a small group, but I don't want any homework. Well, you're going to get out of it about what's put into it. You ought to have a little bit of homework. You ought to read a little bit yourself. Well, I want to be on a team. I want to play on a sports team. I want to. I want to learn how to play golf. I want to play tennis. I. I want to play pickleball. Well, you ought to practice a little bit. You know. If you want to know how to rake hay, if you want to know how to bell hay, you probably ought to get on a tractor and practice a little bit. Make a few rounds, you know. you got to do something. You know, it's the same for all of us. Whatever it is, if you want to play the guitar, if you want to be really good and, and enjoy it so other people can, you probably got to rehearse. you probably got to practice. you probably got to work on sore fingers sometime, sooner or later. So you got to do some of this yourself. If you want to know more about God, if you want to clear up the mystery of God, Paul says you got to read this stuff a little bit. There are two prayers in a book of Ephesians. And the first prayer was that our eyes could be opened that we'd see how big God is. Because we made God a little teeny tiny God. Oh, God can do that, but he can't do what I really need God to do. So we squeeze him down to about mouse size. Say, mouse size? He's way bigger. Just go out and look at the sky tonight. He's a whole lot bigger than your little mousy God. He's a big God. And so... 
That's what the first prayer was in chapter 1, verse 15. He says, pray, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be open so that you can see what God wants you to see. Open your eyes, brother. Wow. Come on. He's a big God. He can do anything. Jesus changes everything. That was the first prayer. Here's the second prayer. Chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 14. That we might find courage and confidence to do stuff. Get off your rump. If you found this grace and your eyes have been opened to how big God is and what He can do, then do something. That's the second prayer. Chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 14. Find courage and confidence to do stuff for God. Say amen. 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 Chapter 3 is that we'll start to get some traction in our personal life when we start to read the book. Get your kids. Going to make somebody mad. Put that silly phone down. Get that, get that iPad out of their hand. Give them the Bible. Let your kid start reading it, reading it for themselves. You read it with them. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. You want to clear up the mystery of God? You want to clear up all the questions that you've got in the world? Why is the world so crazy? Why is everybody so mixed up? Why do people not know what they really want to know? Come on now, help people clear things up. How do you do that? Read the book. Make a difference, change the world, make a Jesus impact, make somebody's day better tomorrow than it was today. How do you do that besides giving away a washer and a dryer, giving away a car and building a house? How do you do that? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how you change somebody's day. Get them to read the Bible consistently. And you read it with them. Amen? Yeah, it'll clear up a whole lot of questions people have about my marriage and about myself and everything else. Read it. Read for ourselves. Choose to get involved with God's mission. I don't mean just come to church. I don't mean just, you know, playing the band. I mean really be engaged with God's mission at Journey Church, if that's the church you're going to come to. Whatever church you go to, get engaged with the mission of God. Take the good news to your neighbor, to your friend, and your family. Get them to read the Bible. Be vocal about that. So their eyes can be opened wider. They can see. And you can see. You can see people that are without a shepherd. It is a mystery. Help somebody get get their train moving down the track in a better direction. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints. Well, guess what, brother? You is a saint. <laughs> I don't mean you're a Jesus saint like you're perfect. But guess what? If you follow Jesus and you are in God's family, he calls us his children and saints. I don't mean saint with a big S. I mean saint and that we are forgiven in Jesus. He's not talking about some priest or pope or some pastor or preacher. He's talking about followers and believers. You are a saint. 
That's who you are. Little s. Do you know who you are in Jesus? That's what he's talking about. You've been given this insight. The mystery's been cleared up. Jesus is the antidote for our sorrow and our sadness and our government problems and crime problems and education problems and career problems and family marital problems. He's our answer to our problems. So read it yourself. Jesus is our way and the only way. John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus who is the door, the doorway. He is the doorway, the only doorway. Amen? Amen? Jesus changes everything. So how do I get to know some of this stuff, the mysteries that are unsolved in my personal life? Read it. Read the Bible. Let's start there. And it is, here's what is revealed. The mystery of God is revealed because of the Holy Spirit. Big S. Verse 5, look at this. The mystery of Jesus, which, which was not made known to men in other generations. Moses didn't know. Jonah didn't know. The people, all these big guys in the Bible and the Old Testament, they didn't know what you know. Because Jesus hadn't come yet. They didn't know that God was going to be for everybody. They just thought God was for Jewish people, for the Israelite nation. They did not know. It was a mystery to them. You know stuff that those guys in the Old Testament, in the Bible that you, that you know, you've called them heroes. They didn't know what you know about God. This mystery of God, that everybody was going to be included in his family who are who are faithful and follow God and trust Jesus as their Savior, as the way. Not made known to men in other generations, has now been revealed by the Holy Spirit, big S, to God's holy apostles and prophets. That's why Paul is speaking, because God gave him this message. He's telling us so we can tell somebody else, this mystery is that through the good news of the gospel. What is the good news of the gospel? That God what? God was born, yes. Baby Jesus in Bethlehem. But he, but he died on a cross. And he was buried in a grave. And that he rose again. That's the good news of the gospel. If all we've got is baby Jesus, we're in a lot of trouble. Amen? Amen. Hey, think about it. If all you got is Christmas to look forward to, if you ain't got Easter, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, good news is baby Jesus became the savior of the world and he was killed and crucified and put in a grave and on the third day he ain't dead no more. He rose again. And you will too. That is good news, buddy. You're going to have to go to a funeral this week. I just did one on Tuesday. And I don't know where you're going to find any hope in this world if it's not the hope of God through Christ. There is no hope in this world if it's not for God through Christ as our Savior because we're all going to die and you're going to have to go to your cemetery. So that's where we find it. That's where we find hope. And it has been a mystery in the past, but now we know this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs and partners together with Israel, members together of one body and shares together 
in the promise in Christ Jesus. No more insiders and outsiders. We're all hooked up together. Like networks. That's a good idea. We got a network. We've got a God network together. How about that? So this whole technology thing that we've all become acquainted with, and we got them in our pocket, and we all use them. You know, we got this computer, and it's really not a phone now. It's a computer, and it's everything. Pictures and apps and music, and it's more than a phone. But it's a network of connections, and it's not been here forever. As a matter of fact, if you go back and do your Google search, you'll find out that Apple got started in America, in the world, about 2007. Seems like it's been here forever, but it really wasn't. Microsoft got here about the year 2000, so about 20-some years ago. And if you're going to go all the way back about who, who invented the first computer, like, you know, any computer, go back to about 1970. In England, there's a guy named Johnson that started playing around with some kind of touchpad in a very primitive kind of form, but he's the first guy that got his name in history kind of messing around with computer stuff before it was called computer stuff. About 1970. Before then, how did you get a hold of each other? Uh, we had seven rings or one dingy dingy or there's a party line or we rung up, uh, uh, Ethel, will you call Mr. Johnson for me? You remember the old way of making connection with party lines and old phones? and No, some of you don't remember any of that. But I'm just telling you, it used to be that way. You used to could throw a rock and hit somebody's house quicker than get a hold of them, you know, with some phone. Amen? Amen? Yeah, that's the way it used to be. And then they invented the Internet and the technology that gave us all this connectivity. And it's global now. It's not in just America. 84% of the people in America have a smartphone. 96% of millennials have a smartphone. But 84% of the people in America, 84 they don't have a car, and they don't have a house, they don't have an address, but they got a phone. 84% of the people in America are connected now. And that's across the world, even third world countries. We're connected. Now, Why I bring that up? Let me make the transfer. Before Jesus came along, it was like us trying to get a hold of God through a party line. Ringy, dingy, dingy. You know, one long ring and one short ring. It was like the old style of communication with people and with God. Before Jesus came along, we weren't really connected. We didn't have a connection with God. But when we got Jesus resurrected from the grave and inviting all of us to the Jesus party, we all in the entire world became connected. And now we have this connection, which was a mystery in years past. Got it? Say, got it? Ah, yeah. One other little tricky Brian's looking at me like, I've read his notes. I don't know what he's talking about, but here's one other little tricky, tricky. Now, here's the funny thing about the Holy Spirit. Okay, I've said there's two things here about clearing up the mystery. Read the book 
And then the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth of God to you. All right? Those two things. Think about that. So if you're in my generation and you've got one of these, you need one of those guys to help you understand how to use one of these. You need somebody to explain, like, how do I use it? Amen? We need, we need the Apple genius. If you go to an Apple store and you got an appointment and you want a little help, you can't just walk in the store and just start taking. You need to see an Apple genius who has the training and the information and the understanding and the insight to explain it to you, what you need to know about the device that you have in your hand. So you pick up this Bible and you get this big Bible and it's got 800,000 words in it and you're thinking to yourself, my goodness, what is it? Where is God in here? Where should I even start? And it's like when I've got the first one of these, and I'm like, how do you turn it on? It's a mystery. Until somebody could show me and help me. The Holy Spirit why do you need to be baptized? Why do you need to go to church? Why do you need... Because you can have 50 of these sitting on your coffee table and you can't understand it unless you have the Holy Spirit that will make it clear to you and give you discernment and insight and understanding that doesn't come naturally just because you bought it. Got it? Big deal, dude. That is a big deal. These seats are empty. They're all over churches. Like us buying smartphones at Walmart. We need dumb phones. We don't need smartphones. We go buy the phone and then don't know how to turn it on until we find our grandson or granddaughter that can help us. It's the same thing with a Bible. We've got Bibles everywhere. I don't need to go to church. I've heard it before. We know just enough to get it all locked up. You ever locked it up? Yeah, yeah. You ever locked it up? Got it locked up. It's not downloaded and it's like not synced up and it's like, oh no, I hope I haven't broke it. Yeah, we have. We have locked it up because we pushed the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place. Thought we knew what we were doing. Just try this. And it didn't work. That's why you need the church. That's why you need youth groups. That's why you need small groups. That's why you need youth sponsors and youth ministers and pastors and elders and teachers who can help guide us with discernment and insight that we don't automatically have just because you love Jesus and Jesus loves you. You can put me on a tractor, but I'm going in the wrong direction until you show me where the R is on the handle somewhere. Amen? Yeah. We've gotten so daggone smart, we don't need anybody else. I don't need a church. I don't need my mom or dad. I don't need grandma or grandpa. I don't need a teacher. I, I got a phone in my hand. I can just Google it. And we start treating God that way. Yeah. I can just Google the church. Yeah, I'm gone all over the place. Brian's leaving. He's like, he ain't even using his notes at all now. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, until Jesus and the cross 
it was pretty much just one dimension, one dimensional, straightforward kind of church. It was just Jewish church, and that was it. It was like us that didn't have any choices about what kind of phone to have. You can have any kind of phone you want as long as it's black. Remember those days? Yeah. They were all black. There weren't any color choices or sizes. And so in the beginning, verse 5, verse 6, it was just about priests and sacrifices and laws and rules and holy days and the hours to be upheld. And it was just like straight line religion. That was it. One, one size and that's all you got. And if you weren't Jewish, you weren't invited. If you weren't of the nation of Israel, you weren't included. It was all just one way. Just like the straight line religion of God for a long time. And God remained a mystery to people like Abraham and Moses and Noah. Even they didn't know God's big plans. Not even the twelve disciples after being with Jesus three and a half years, and they didn't even understand what Jesus was really up to. And then he died and rose again, and he started to clear things up that was new. New stuff, new ideas, like new technology, like new iPhone 15. And dude, the Holy Spirit showed up and is way better than any iPhone 15 or any smartphone. Acts chapter 1, put that on the screen, Fred. But you are to be given power when the Holy Spirit has come to you. You will be witnesses to me, not only in Jerusalem, not only throughout Judea, not only in Samaria, but to the very ends of the earth. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 4. Then when the actual day of Pentecost came, they were all assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them power to proclaim the message. So it wasn't until Jesus' resurrection that the Holy Spirit actually came to live inside people. Until that point, God's presence was in the dwelling of the temple or the tabernacle. And you weren't allowed in unless you were the Holy of Holies, the high priest, or a priest himself. And that all changed. God came and lives in us because of Jesus. The big idea here, the mystery of the church, the first big idea is that you get a lot of this cleared up if you just start reading the Bible. And the second big idea is this mystery can't be totally cleared up without some spiritual direction and discernment from the Holy Spirit. You need His Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand, understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That's the problem. That's what happens. Verse 6, we're not equipped, we're ill-equipped. We've got to have some tech support like the Apple genius I mentioned. The Holy Spirit knows God and He will help us know God better. You need God, you need the Bible, and you need the Holy Spirit. Say amen? amen? Yep. Don't just buy a smartphone or buy a Bible, but get connected to a church that will help you get your Jesus story started, baptize you so that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and God will come and live inside you and help guide you if you'll just listen. So the mystery cleared up by reading and then a lot of things get revealed that you didn't 
really understand before. And here's the last one. I've got to wrap this up, and we'll finish. And if you know somebody that would like this lesson, tell them to come back tomorrow. We'll do it again. Tell you what. The mystery of the church, once discovered, once we discover how to read it and get some help from the Holy Spirit and from the pastor or teacher or small group or church family, promises to give us great reward. We'll find great reward. We'll find a purpose and a direction and an answer for a lot of our life questions. Verse 7, I became or I become a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach, to teach to the Gentiles, outsiders, those that were not included in the original group that God chose the Israelites and the Hebrews and the Jewish people to preach to those on the outside the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone, John 3.16, the administration of this ministry and mystery which for all ages, for ages past, was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent, God's intent, was that now through the church, us, we're the church, not the building that you're sitting in, but you are the body of Christ, the church, his intent was that through us the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. A lot of words. In Jesus, through faith in Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You don't have to go to bed at night any longer worried about if I die tonight, if I lay me down to sleep, I pray, Lord, my soul to keep. You don't have to pray that prayer anymore. If you have Jesus as your Savior, you're going to wake up in heaven if you die tonight. We have that courage and confidence because of the mystery that has been cleared up. Say amen. amen. Yeah. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my being locked up here for two years, house arrest, my sufferings for you, which really are for your glory and God's ultimately. The big idea is read the book. It'll help you with the mystery of the church, not a building, but the people. And the Holy Spirit, after you read it, will reveal what you read. Make sense. It'll really make sense. And finally, you'll get all kinds of rewards with finding new purpose, a new mission, new happiness and joy each day. It is the truth. Desperate, confused, and lonely people, and sometimes even church people, are really not sure about God. It's still a mystery to them. They've been baptized, they went to VBS, or they went to church camp, or they went to a revival, and they turned themselves in and says, I, I surrender all, but they never did anything after that. They're really not doing anything for God and His mission. It's really kind of a mystery, and it's, it's just beyond them. Read the Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit as He'll reveal your purpose who to talk to and when to talk to them. He'll guide you to that person, the next person that you need to speak to with the love of God. And you'll be on a mission in our community helping other people clear up Jesus in their life too. You have a partnership. Write this down. Five things happen when you meet Jesus. Or it better start happening or you probably didn't meet Jesus. 
If these things are not happening in your life, go back and ask yourself, did my baptism really matter or did I just get wet? Five things begin to happen. We have a partnership with Jesus, a fellowship with all kinds of people, not just white or black people, but all kinds of people from everywhere. Partnership, fellowship, assurance of my forgiveness. I'm not worried about my sins. I know my sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ. Nobody gets it right all the time. Jesus changes everything. I have confidence about my death that when I die, I know where I'll be next. And my suffering, even if it's bad, it gets easier because I know Jesus. All those five things, if that's not in your life, why not? If you're following Jesus and He is your Savior, you need to read it in the Bible, let the Holy Spirit reveal this truth, and look for the rewards that you've been missing. There's five of them right there. Say amen. amen. Bottom line, knowing Jesus is going to enrich your life. That's why people don't come to church. The devil took something that's a half-truth, like he did with Jesus and the temptations. One of the biggest excuses is why I don't want to go to church is they're just going to ask you for your money. No, they're not. They're going to ask you for your life. Jesus doesn't want just your money. He wants you, all of you, buddy. And it's the best investment you could ever give. Knowing Jesus always enriches our life. He never subtracts. You'll be richer in more ways than money could ever buy. Amen? Amen. Read the Bible. Remember Jesus. Regroup. Let's do that. Doug's going to get communion back there. I'm going to get the Bible. We're going to read a few verses and we're going to take communion. I hope I've cleared up some things. Some of the mystery of the church for you too, even if you've been going to church for a long time. Galatians chapter 5, it is for it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't get all tied up in knots. Jesus came to set you free. And it's because of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. We're not perfect, but we are forgiven. And we do have these promises. So don't let Satan get you in some kind of fear or anxiousness or paralysis or despair or doubt. Trust God more. Believe God more. He came to set us free. If you don't feel like you have freedom, you're missing something. And only Jesus can clear that up. Whatever that mystery is that you, if you're letting grief take you hostage, then you push it to the curb and say, in Jesus' name, you're not welcome here anymore. If you're letting your finances, concerned about finances, if you're letting some kind of problem in your personal life with some other person, push it away. Don't be burdened again by some kind of slavery that you allowed yourself through Satan to lock you up. We need to be free in Christ. Bread.
in the cup. God, I pray that I have honored you tonight. And I pray I can do it again tomorrow. It is not about me. It is about you. Wow, God. It is beyond me to understand and even describe how you could care anything at all about any of us. But yet, you say that we really are your workmanship. We are like a poem that is being written. We are a masterpiece that you are shaping and forming. And it's hard for us to understand. Our own personal life sometimes seems to be quite messy. Thank you for Jesus and taking it away. Taking our guilt away and our shame and our rejection and taking all of that away and giving us hope, restoring hope. May, may you lead us and guide us that we can help others do the same because of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Drop your cups in that little basket. And if you got some pocket change or you got an offering, give some of that tonight. That would be great. And you guys who are home, hope that you guys will come and join us again soon if you can. Uh, stay with us. Forward thinking. Pretty good stuff. Ephesians chapter 3 will be in that chapter again next weekend. Wrap it up in chapter 3. Thanks for joining us. You guys are here in the room. We're going to sing another song. If we can pray with you, let me know. We'll pray with you before you leave. No sweeter name have I ever known No sweeter name than the name of Jesus No sweeter name than the name of Jesus No sweeter name have I ever known No sweeter name than the name 